Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. USA Today named it one of the 10 best escape rooms in the country. If you dare to take the challenge, you need to try Decode Escape Adventures in Ann Arbor. Sometimes in a pre-winter slush, sometimes on a perfect fall day, the Bell's Iceman Cometh is a mountain bike experience like no other. Just 30 minutes from Grand Rapids, the Allegan Event Center is a fun zone for the entire family with climbing, ropes courses, mini golf, and more. And the Motor City's National Heritage Area tells the story of how Michigan put America on wheels. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. We're back with you again this week, and let me tell you, we have a really great show lined up for you. A lot of cool things to learn about, a lot of really nice people to talk to, so stick around for a really great show. And we're going to start out today in Ann Arbor to talk to a fellow by the name of Patton Doyle. Patton is the owner of a company called Decode Escape Adventures, and Patton, I was looking over the information before we went on the air, and this sounds really cool. Tell us about Decode Escape Adventures. Hi there, Dave. Yeah, Decode Escape Adventures are interactive adventures where you and family or friends come and play through a story by solving a series of challenges over the course of about an hour. Now, each of our games are different. We have games that take you around the world on a journey by hot air balloon and games that take you into the magical world of the Aurora Society as well as other games, too. Um, but each one is designed to in- excite your imagination and give you something to solve with family and friends uh, when you're looking for a fun outing. Well, of course, usually when we talk about you know a game that's kind of a virtual game, we're thinking about something on a, a laptop or a handheld device, but but this is a virtual game of different uh, sort, right? Yeah, definitely. All of the sets are real, so it's like if you got your own little private slice of Disney World that you get to explore all by yourself. We build big dramatic sets with big things you get to interact with and special effects that come to life when you solve the challenges, um, and so it's all physical. There's no there's no computers involved here, except for the computers, of course, that are behind the scenes. Well, it sounds really, really different from what I have been thinking about escape rooms. I've never done an escape room before, but I thought they were, you know, kind of scary, uh, but this, this sounds like it's more of a challenge. Yes, exactly. We, we pride ourselves on building games that are thrilling, but not scary. There's no horror here, no blood and guts. Um, and one thing that people often ask is, are we locked in the room? And the answer is no. You're never locked in the room. So if at any point you feel uncomfortable or you need a, just a little bit of break from the adventure, you can always step out without interrupting the game for the rest of your family and friends. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. Go <laughs> well, well, I guess when I think about escape rooms, I also think about kind of like uh, somewhat small rooms, and I do get a little claustrophobic. So mm-hmm. are these, um, you know, relatively small rooms, or are they, you know, the size of a like a typical uh, living room or something? Good question. So it depends on the game, but they are all big games. So to give you some context, 
uh, of our largest adventure here in Ann Arbor is called Around the World in 80 Days, and it takes place over about 750 square feet. So it's, or I think it's a little more than that, closer to a thousand. So it's like the first floor of a large house here um, that you're exploring, and of course. Because we build these games in a warehouse, it also has 16 feet ceilings, and we take advantage of the full height of that to build these big set pieces for you to explore. Hmm. Um, so every once in a while, I think in the in the uh, five or six years we've been open here now, we've had I think two people say, you know what, the rooms are big, but we just need a break. We're going to step out for a second. But everybody else, even the people who are a little worried about it, come in here and go, oh no. This isn't a small activity at all. This is like exploring a, a whole world. Hmm. Well, we were talking before we went on the air that you plan to open up in Detroit, but right now mm-hmm. you are in Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti. Where are you located? Oh, we're here on the east side of Ann Arbor on Packard near Platte Road, um, and then we're in downtown Ypsilanti here, uh, right here next to a bunch of the other cute shops and stores as people like to explore before and after their game. So is Decode Escape Adventures, is it a, a franchise, or do you, do you build all these things yourself? No, we build everything from scratch. It's a family business here, and each of us have our own little role to play. Uh, my mother is in charge of designing the puzzles. She loves puzzling and that hmm. sort of thing. My father is a woodworker, so he builds a lot of our sets. My brother does all of the programming and makes all of the uh, behind-the-scenes magic work, and I'm in charge of making those big special effects uh, that catch your eye when you solve something or explore a new space. A family adventure. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a it cool is, thing. It is. Well, speaking of that, um, what ages do you recommend? Is this something for the family or more for adults? Great question. So we build our puzzles for adults to solve, but we get families coming through all the time. In fact, usually a mix of ages is the most successful kind of group because while you and I are able to solve the more difficult challenges, those younger players are able to find the things that you and I no longer notice when we walk right past them into the game. There's been a number of times where we'll have the seven-year-old figure out the most important part of the puzzle because the adults weren't paying attention. So finding a mix of, uh, of age groups works really well. Well, my favorite uh, class in college was problem-solving and decision-making. So I suppose you, that would help if you have some <laughs> understanding of problem-solving doing something like this. Yes, and we try to build a variety of challenges into the game. So there's some challenges that will test your, your math, nothing complicated, but your algebra and geometry sometimes, and then some that are built around word puzzles or spatial reasoning. There's one puzzle in particular here that uh, the folks who are coming from an office can never solve, and every once in a while we get the folks coming from like an auto shop, and they know how to work that physical space, and they solve it in a minute and a half. And so we try to build something that tickles everybody's uh, expertise differently so that we can uh, appeal to everyone. This sounds really like a lot of fun. Uh, Decode Escape Adventures, located in both Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti, with plans to open up in Detroit sometime in the future. And uh, this is no small thing. Just to explain, Decode Escape Rooms is actually a winner of the 2023 U.S. Today 10 Best Reader's Choice Travel Award for best escape room. So congratulations, Patton and company. You guys are obviously doing it right. So our thanks to Patton Doyle, owner of Decode Escape Adventures. And uh, for more information, go to this website. It's called decodedetroit.com. You can do forward slash Ann Arbor, for instance, if you want. But decodedetroit.com. We're going to head up to the Traverse City area next to learn all about the Ice Man Cometh. It's a really cool bike event. That's next here on Travel Michigan. 
where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz along with Nick Nurbin and this is Travel Michigan and where are we going to go to next Nick? Well we're going to head up to Traverse City and talk with Cat Pay, Executive Director of the Bell's Iceman Cometh Challenge which is North America's longest point to point mountain bike race and Cat, the first question I have is just for our listeners can we talk a little bit about what is a point to point mountain bike race <laughs> and why is this one the largest? Oh, Nick, that's a great question. So the Iceman Cometh Challenge is 30 miles through a forest. It is single track, two track, going from Kalkaska, Michigan, all the way into Traverse City. Well, you know, it's called the Iceman Cometh Challenge, but, mm-hmm. but Kat, I was there last year. Nick was there <laughs> with me, yes. and it was a beautiful fall day. So why do you call it that? Well, that was a nice man, as we call <laughs> last year. Um, yeah. It changes as northern Michigan weather definitely does. Some years are mudmans where the course is very muddy due to rain. I've had years where I have been sunburned in the morning and it has snowed in the afternoon. So it is all weather needed. Iceman is because it's the end of the season. It is the last big hurrah for the mountain bike community and everything going on. It is the end of the season, the first weekend in November. Why not get out on the trails? We are almost three weeks after most other mountain bike races. So we're the very end of the season, and what better way to top it off than to come up to Traverse City and compete for the beloved ice sculpture trophy. Well, whether it's an ice man or a nice man, depending on the conditions, this is a very competitive race. There are pro riders in this, and there are riders that travel from all over the country and even beyond that, aren't there? There are. We have a lot of international riders as well. It is a fantastic race. Over 5,000 riders are... um, I I don't even want to call them amateurs. That isn't even the proper word. Our dedicated riders Mm -hmm. start at 9.15 in the morning out of the Kalkaska Airport heading to compete to the finish. And our pros start around 3 o'clock with the pro women starting at 3.03. Every three minutes starting at 9.15 in the morning, we have a wave of 100 people going off the start. So we have 5,000 riders through the woods coming into Timber Ridge to the biggest celebration in the woods you've ever seen the Bissell celebration zone where they can of course get their bells beer and celebrate the great ride that they just had with all 5,000 of their favorite friends well I know Nick and I were there at the beginning of the race last year but it's been a whole year so I don't remember where it even started (laughs) so where does the race start where does it end and can people find various places to watch the racers go by Certainly. Uh, Our course and everything will be on the website soon. We usually don't announce until very close to the race because everyone wants to get out there and pre-ride. But there are lots of crossings, Williamsburg Road and various places along the course that you can kind of tuck yourself in and be able to watch the riders, bring a cowbell, cheer them on. The start, however, is at the Kalkaska Airport just off West Kalkaska Road in the beautiful village of Kalkaska. So they actually run right down the runway. They go right down the runway. The airport's closed. For the day, and they head down the runway out into the woods, meander all the way down into 
Timber Ridge Resort down in Traverse City, and that is where our celebration is. Well, and you mentioned uh, the Bissell Celebration Zone, and Dave talked about that we were there last year. One of the things I really enjoyed about it, in addition to finding some of those spots to watch the racers go by through the North Michigan woods, is that celebration. You know, Bells is serving their Michigan brewed beers there. There's all kinds of different food options, and it really is a celebration. I loved watching the pro riders come through the finish line. I mean, these people really are trained, highly trained, and they do uh, move really quickly. So it's a really fun thing to be a part of. It is. It is. A, it, it is crazy. I love the celebration zone. We have the jumbotron up there, so you can see the video production. You can see them coming down the course. You know where they are. The announcers are getting riled up. They're talking about them coming into the Timber Ridge celebration zone. The riders come through, and it's like the last half mile is in the celebration zone. So they're winding through it, and you can watch them as they're coming into that strong finish. And there's a lot of other things going on in that celebration zone too, because the Iceman race isn't the only race we do that day. I was just going to ask you about that. You know, the Iceman is 30 miles long. And if anybody has ever done mountain biking, 30 miles is a long time Mm -hmm. going through ups and downs and backs and forths on a single track trail through the woods. But you do have these shorter uh, races as well. We do. We have the Meyer Slush Cup. That is about an eight-mile race. Starts and finishes at Timber Ridge. For those that are just gearing up, getting started for the Iceman, I will say this is not a kid's race. Eight miles is also no joke Mm -hmm. in the woods. So it's a great way to just kind of get started. And then we have the Meyer Snow Cone, which by far is one of the favorites of both the staff and the participants alike. This is our kid's race. It is a quarter mile or 1.5 mile. There are two loops. We work with our partners, Norte, a Michigan youth cycling organization in Traverse City, that do a great job in creating this course. You see everything from a balance bike to a bike with training wheels and streamers to your a little bit older, 16-inch bike. They've got a little bit older kids, and they are rocking it out as hard as the pros, finishing their Meyer snow cone, start and end right in Timber Ridge. Mm. And all of that is happening while the big race is going on as well. We're talking to Cat Pay, the executive director of the Bell's Iceman Cometh Challenge. And you might be thinking, Cat Pay, isn't that the lady who runs the National Cherry Festival? <laughs> And, and this is true. So did the Iceman come, with, come about just to give you something to do in the wintertime? Well, uh, I think our staff would say that. Yeah. They, get very, they get very concerned anytime I start talking to other people who run events. And they're like, oh, no. Uh, the Iceman Cometh Challenge came under the umbrella of the Festival Foundation in 2018. So it was a, a great marriage of a wonderful event that had been going on. This is the 34th year of the Iceman Cometh Challenge, and we are excited to continue it on into the future under the Festival Foundation, under the nonprofit, to continue to give back into Tart Trails, the Land Conservancy, Norte Youth Cycling. We are able to continue to do that. The original legend himself, Steve Brown, is still very much involved. (laughs) He was in my office on Friday, so he is very much around and doing a lot of the things and still very involved in the course, but the management of the overall event has come under the foundation and we're excited to have it there. Well, and Kat, that, you kind of bring up a great point that there's a very strong cycling community in Northwest Michigan around the Grand Traverse region. And I know the Iceman actually has been a big source of inspiration for folks of all ages to really oh. look into mountain biking and get more involved in mm-hmm. the sport. I would say that's definitely true. If you can come anywhere around Traverse City any day, there the tart trails are very much utilized. And there are kids and 
adults and grandparents and multiple generations biking down our trails and, of course, getting into mountain biking, getting out into the woods and seeing our beautiful area, uh, both competitive and both for fun and leisure. Well, it's also nice to see the Traverse City area at this time of year. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people probably go in summertime, maybe several people in wintertime at the ski season. But this is that slower time of the year, the so-called shoulder season time of the year. And it's a really great uh, time to be in Traverse City. It is it's a lovely time to be there and great uh, hotels. And a great hotel rate if you're coming in November. Mm -hmm. For those who've been there in the summer, our host hotel, the Grand Traverse Resort and Spa, we have a wonderful um, Ice Cycle Expo sponsored by Forefront Credit Union. It's where you can get all of your last-minute gear, come in and see all the season-end sales on mountain bikes and equipment. That is the day before during packet pickup. And then TraverseCity.com, a great place to find all of your reservations, hotel needs, and definitely a wonderful lodging partner there in Traverse City. Well, of course, we want everybody to come out to the Bell's Iceman Cometh Challenge coming up on November 4th in the Traverse City area. Uh, But before you know it, summer will be back. I know I I can't believe I'm saying that because it seems like summer was just here last week. But (laughs) but, uh, summer will be back and the Cherry Festival will be back as well. Uh, how, How early do you start selling tickets for that, Kat? Um, some of the tickets for Cherry Festival concerts will go on sale in December. For the most part, it is after the new year. So we've got a few other events we got to focus on between now and then, but we'll start ramping up for that very soon. Well, let's give you a couple of websites to go to for more information. For the Bell's Iceman Cometh Challenge, the website is iceman.com. That's pretty easy, iceman.com. And then uh, come wintertime, and if you want to get an idea what's happening at Cherry Festival this coming year, uh, the website is cherryfestival.org. Very easy for both, and you'll find out all about it. And of course, if you want to be one of those 5,000 riders at the Iceman Cometh, I would think for most of us, we're going to want to hang out in Kalkaska or Traverse City on the 4th of November and just watch it all go by. Our thanks to Cat Pay for being with us today. We're going to head uh, a little bit farther down south in West Michigan next to the Allegan area for a really cool place. We'll tell you all about that next on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz, along with Nick Nurbin from Pure Michigan. And Nick, you know, we have a lot of really cool places where families can go and enjoy, I don't know, you know, different types of games and mm-hmm. special events. And, you know, there are all these really cool places where you can do like indoor go-karting. There, There's this axe throwing thing that you, you find all over <laughs> yeah. the place. There's there's like, it's, it's called foaling, where you can do like um, mm-hmm. throw a football at, at uh, billiard uh, pins are they're all over the place but I'd never heard about this very special place we're going to go to it's a little bit different than the places I just described yeah we're going to head to West Michigan to Allegan to talk to Michelle Liggett who's the owner of Allegan Event and this is more than just an event venue or event space Dave to to what you mentioned earlier there are adventures of all kinds here and Michelle can you start off by saying that what types of adventures are available to families who visit yeah thanks uh, we have our we feature our Sky Trail ropes course 
So ropes courses, it's inside. We have a hundred different elements that you, anyone can experience. The great thing is once you put the harness on, you walk up a regular staircase. So it's not like you have to be super physically fit to access the elements in the air. But once you climb up the stairs, you're at 12 feet off the ground to start with. And then you're free to choose different elements um, at every platform. There's no set path. So that's the fun part about it that whatever your ability or whatever, you know, experience you have, you can experience all these different elements um, in whatever order you want. And we also have two, if you go up to the top level, we have some, we have two um, sky rail zip rails. So we're zipping inside as well. So that's super fun. Well, this sounds like um, kind of a, a place that offers a little bit of everything, uh, both indoor and outdoor, outdoor in the, in the warm weather months. Um, you, you just have a whole bunch of things here. You mentioned the kind of zip, zip rails and such, but give us that, the whole lineup of what you offer there. Sure. So in addition to the sky trail and the sky rails, we also have clip and climb climbing walls. Um, these are really fun climbing walls. Um, if anyone's intimidated by some of the rock climbing gyms, this is the same type of concept, but a little more fun. So we have fun shapes. Um, you, we have two racing walls. You can race yourself or race your friends. Um, all different shapes and colors and, you know, different bells and whistles to get up to the top. Um, as well as we have our Sky Tikes ropes course for kids 48 inches and under. So this is a great way to expose your kids to some adventure activities. We put the harness on them just like the big kids, hmm. but they're three feet off the ground. So the parent just or guardian just walks right with them helps them out. It's really fun. Um, we get kids about as young as 18 months is the youngest, um, but it's really kind of geared for like three to five-year-olds, um, and it's really fun. They have their own zip line as well, and they really enjoy that. So once they figure that out, they can, uh, you know, zip on their own basically and have a great time as well. And then once they get a little older or if they're 42 inches and they want to go on the Sky Trail with an adult, um, they are welcome to do that as well. So we have those for the indoor activities, the attractions. And then we also have an arcade and food and beverage and party areas. So just like any other family entertainment center, we um, have other things for the families to enjoy and hang out and, you know, um, for a few hours and have a meal. Um, and then you mentioned the outdoors. So we're definitely expanding our outdoors. Um, we are right on the Kalamazoo River. So we have some acreage Ooh. that's really pretty um, right outside our venue. And so this summer we've added a mini golf course and we have our outdoor maze. So those are two family-friendly attractions that everyone likes. Um, the maze is really fun where you have to go and seek out different letters and do that in a time fashion. So you punch in, you punch out. And depending what your time is, we actually give you some um, redemption points for our redemption counter. Um, so we get a little prize for hanging out outside and, you know, solving the maze. Well, you know, the maze was one of the things that caught my eye, uh, Michelle, and I wanted to ask you about that. So is there a season for that? Do you, is there a point at which you say, okay, the maze is, is not open because it's too snowy? Or, you know, is this something that goes into November, into December? How What's the season for the maze and the outdoor space? Yeah, I mean, we kind of start in the spring in May if the weather permits. You know, it can be fantastic in May sometimes. So we'll open those attractions up. Um, usually by October, like October 30th is our official close date for our outdoor attractions. But, you know, really it's weather dependent on during 
the fall. We've had fantastic fall so far, so everyone's been able to take advantage of getting outside and still taking advantage of those outdoor attractions. But we we do keep those kind of seasonal. Um, not that we couldn't do them in the winter, and, and maybe we'll do some fun um, winter activities as time goes on, you know, kind of a special weekend. But right now it's pretty seasonal for us on those. Michelle, I, I love the fact, uh, well, I love everything about this, but I love the fact that you're offering a climbing experience for mm-hmm. little kids, but for adults as well, in a really safe environment uh, where you have the harnesses and, you know, the, the ropes, uh, if need be, to be used. Because we have so many cool things to do in Michigan. I have done ice climbing up in the UP. I've done rock climbing up there. It's physically uh, tiring, but it's really worth it to learn how to do it. So I love that even down in the lower peninsula of Michigan, you can learn how to do this this climbing in this way, and it'll, it'll go on to help them in different ways. Uh, a great exercise as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, going vertically is challenging, and so it's nice to have it in more of a fun environment where, you know, if you want to just get the harness on and try it out and go two feet, you know, that's great. It, it's whatever – there's no one pushing you to go – beyond where you want to go so that's why we really like it as a family experience i mean we have grandmas come with their kids grandpas come with their kids you know the grandkids um whole families come i think it's fun when like the family comes and like they buy the tickets for the kids but then you're like hey mom and dad do you want to go and at first they're maybe not as excited about it but then once they see the kids up there whether it's the sky trailers or the climbing they typically come back and will buy a ticket for themselves just to have that experience with the whole family and it's fun to see and it's fun to see also older people coming and kind of getting out there just to keep things moving and agility and balance. Um, I do have some older people that come and quite frequently and they say it's just a fantastic way for them to get out, get moving, but it's not very stressful. You know, it's not, um, especially on the sky trail, they're just walking horizontally, but yet they're working on balance or working on some of these things. But it's like a fun way to get your exercise, I guess. And, you know, afterwards they can, you know, enjoy some food and beverage, hang out outside. Um, On our patio, we also have cornhole and some ring games and just a fun place to hang out as well. So it's fun that we can um, have something for the entire family, not just kid-focused. Yeah, and a great way for folks to spend time together when you've got uh, multiple generations who want to do something fun together. And I noticed that in addition to all of these activities we've been talking about, which, as Dave said, it sounds like a blast, you do host events and you do things that are programming as well as other types of events. And one thing I noticed was Grinch Night as Hmm. we head toward the holidays. And Dave, I'm going to save my jokes about you and the Grinch (laughs) and various things. Please. That sounds really like a lot of fun to me. Talk about that specific event, Grinch Night, but then also some of the other events that you're hosting this year. Yeah, sure. So Grinch Night is really fun. Um, The Grinch comes out, and he is actually on the ropes course. So if you want (laughs) to experience some activities up there with the Grinch, um, it's a really fun time. Um, And despite the Grinch, he does have fun as well. Um, (laughs) So it's a fun night out. Uh, We're actually doing that on December 22nd this year. So we do have our – during the fall, winter, we are open generally from Thursday through Sunday for regular hours. And then the rest of the week, we're open for groups. Um, whether that be a church group, school group, corporate group. Um, But then during the Christmas break, we're open the 21st through January 7th. So it's a pretty extended Christmas break this year where we're open pretty much from 10 to 9 every day. But check out our website for the exact hours for those. 
Um, but yeah, we, we entertain corporate groups. Like, um, if you want to come in and have a meeting and then do something fun after we have a lot of people that do that, they'll come in, meet, do their business, maybe do a lunch and then experience the activities and the attractions. That's just a fun way to get together as a group. Um, we also have something called company recess, um, which is kind of a fun way if you just have, you know, a smaller company and you just want to do something fun either during the day or after work. Um, we entertain those groups as well. Um, we do have a liquor license, so if you'd like some beverages after you're experiencing attractions, we're happy to, you know, offer those to you as well. Um, and then the school groups and church groups, um, I mean, basically any kind of group. Uh, sports teams like to come out. Um, we can do a little more team bonding with them. And so it's definitely geared toward coming together as a group as well. Well, this is my kind of place just for the family, or as you say, uh, what a great um, you know icebreaker for a new group coming together or uh, a, big, uh, team, a big team builder for your company. I love it. And uh, I bet everybody else would love it, too. We need to check out Elegant Event, conveniently located, too, because, you know, Elegant is, you know, kind of right in that sweet spot, about a half an hour away from Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo, and then that, you know, Holland, Muskegon, Grand Haven area as well. So it's really convenient. The website is elegantevent.com. And our thanks to Michelle Liggett for being with us today. I can't wait to check that out myself. That sounds really cool. I'll tell you what else I love. It is the Motor City's National Heritage Area. We'll tell you why next on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz along with Nick Nurbin. And boy, oh boy, I, I told everybody we were going to have a great show for today, and we sure have. And and uh, we are heading into another subject that I'm passionate about, and I really would like to learn more. That is the Motor City's National Heritage Area. Do you know what that is? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, Dave, we're going to learn more about the Motor City's National Heritage Area. And uh, Bob, we're welcoming Bob Sadler from the Motor City's National Heritage Area. And Bob, the Motor Cities is plural in the title. Mm-hmm. just because yeah. it's not just the Motor City in Detroit. This is multiple locations here in Michigan. And can you talk a little bit about how that name represents multiple places and what it encompasses? Sure. Um, Motor City's National Heritage Area is the only national heritage area in the state of Michigan. And we actually cover 16 counties of, wow. of lower Michigan. And so it's more than just Detroit, the Motor City. It is truly Motor Cities mm-hmm. because it includes Flint, the birthplace of General Motors. It includes the capital area in Lansing. It goes all the way west to Kalamazoo County, and in Kalamazoo, where they made yellow cabs. So Motor Cities is Motor Cities for a very specific reason, because this is the greatest region of the nation and the world that truly put the world on wheels. And Bob, you are the Director of Communications and Engagement for the Motor Cities National Heritage Area. I bet people don't know what a national heritage area is. I'm on the board, and sometimes I I forget what it is. Well, National Heritage Areas, there are now 62 of them uh, around the country, and they are designated by acts of Congress, and 
our our national heritage area was actually signed by President Bill Clinton back on November 6th, 1998, which means we are turning 25 in uh, just a few days. And so uh, national heritage areas are are basically places of unique importance uh, and, and telling unique historical stories that are, you know, very important to the history of the United States and what makes the United States unique. Well, and I know there are so many people that do travel specifically for automotive history, automotive culture. They go to great places like the Gilmore Museum. And so for opportunities for automotive enthusiasts to come to Michigan and see some of these sites. You know, I've talked to people in other states who are well aware that Checker Cab was made in Kalamazoo, but coming to Michigan to experience some of the history of the automobile in these places. Talk about that experience and that opportunity. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got the story of, of Ari Olds in Lansing, and, mm-hmm. and we have the Ari Olds Transportation Museum in Lansing. You have the Sloan Museum of Discovery in Flint, you know, which was, you know, founded to remember the story of General Motors, but has grown into a STEM-oriented attraction. Um, you know, obviously, Henry Ford Museum in Greenfield Village in, in Dearborn. Uh, and then you've got a lot of smaller, uh, nichier museums uh, and attractions, and you know, all telling this amazing story of the people and you know the tinkerers who became titans. And you know, there's just this region, like I said, is the greatest concentration of these stories. And and you're right, people do come from from all over the country and all over the world mm-hmm. to learn more about you know, this amazing story. Well, you mentioned, Bob, that there are several national heritage areas around the country, and and the whole idea is that it's, in effect, a national park without borders, and it's there to tell a story about something important that happened in that region and is happening and will happen. And that I, I just love the fact that uh, the um, the government and the U.S. government, so to speak, recognizes, as most people in Michigan do, that this is the area that put America on wheels. It's really important because of what has happened there in the past and what's happening there today. And we've been a national heritage area now for 25 years. How's the organization celebrating that? Well, we, we've we've already started, and and if you go to our website motorcities.org, uh, you can see more uh, details about our history and what we do, what our mission is. Uh, but we're actually uh, celebrating in a big way uh, during the month of November. We are going to be having our 25th anniversary gala, uh, which is Wednesday, November 8th, and it's taking place at another one of our partner attractions which is the Ford House in Gross Point Shores, uh, the, the, the home of Edsel and Eleanor Ford. Uh, Edsel, of course, the son of Henry Ford, and, 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 a, and an amazing automotive uh, titan in his own right who was more focused on design. And his family home is, is now a wonderful attraction, and their visitor center, which is still brand new, only a few years old, uh, is actually going to be the site of our 25th anniversary gala. It sounds great. Uh, would there still be a possibility to get tickets to that gala? Yes, I, I, I certainly think we could fit you in. Um, the uh, guests will enjoy uh, a dinner, drinks, a wonderful silent auction. And um, there, of course, are beautiful grounds you can stroll. 
um, we're going to have a program where we're going to uh, introduce our annual milestone award winner, who is Bill Chapin, uh, who has his personal origins in his grandfather was the founder of, of Hudson Motor Company, uh, and his uh, father was a CEO of American Motors, and he had an amazing career in his own right that included marketing and communications with American Motors and running the Automotive Hall of Fame in Dearborn, which is still another one of our partner attractions. Uh, we're going to award our annual awards of excellence to uh, organizations and individuals who help us tell our story and, and do education and interpretation of the automotive story, uh, revitalizing uh, automotive sites, helping preserve the story. And, uh, you know, also, of course, as, as you know, Dave, uh, promoting automotive heritage tourism in the region, which is a big chunk of the story of Travel Michigan. And that's what I was just going to jump into, Bob. When we talk about the history available, you mentioned the American Motors history as well as the Henry Ford and some of these great attractions that people can come to visit in Michigan and learn about the history of innovation, not just automotive innovation, but all kinds of innovation here in the state of Michigan. And for those looking to plan a trip to look at those types of things, I imagine MotorCities.org, the website for the Motor Cities National Heritage Area, is a great place to start. Absolutely, and uh, I appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, we actually have our own itinerary builder right right on the. Uh, that you can start right on the home page. You can search, you know, different areas. If you want to look at attractions around Flint, you can use a pull down menu to look at different uh, places around Flint, and you know, looking at different stories, and you can fine tune, you know, what kinds of places you want to visit. And uh, you can put all that together right there on MotorCities.org. And, you know, many people come to our website every Wednesday uh, because we post a new story of the week, which is Ooh. still very much the franchise of, of uh, Motor Cities. Uh, we also put out a, an e-newsletter that's free that comes out every Wednesday. And people can sign up right on our homepage to receive that in their email box every every Wednesday. And the story of the week uh, tells some different amazing story of how this area put the world on wheels, uh, continues to tell great automotive stories, and, and really serves as a driver for uh, traffic uh, to our website and also our social media. Well, you do a great job with uh, all of those uh, programs, Bob. Motor City's National Heritage Area really is all about celebrating our automotive and labor heritage. You can learn more by going to MotorCities.org. And, you know, this is a not-for-profit organization. So as we come up to the end of the year, maybe you're looking to uh, give a little money away as a tax write-off or something. Consider this group. It really is a great group, and I'm proud to be a board member of Motor City's National Heritage Area. I just think that the group is is fantastic. So, Nick, that's all the time we have for Travel Michigan for this week. Uh, it has gone uh, quickly, but next week it's going to be a celebration of craft, craft beer, wine, spirits, and all. So join us next week right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.